0: Fun, gruesome murder. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Welcome to Keep It Fictional, a weekly podcast for book lovers by book lovers. Build your to-be-read list with Sadie, Liz, Virginia, Fiona, and Corrine from the Port Moody Public Library. Warning, this podcast contains strong opinions and may cause an
1: increase in your library holds list. Welcome everyone to
2: another edition of Book Chats. I'm your host today, Kareem, with our fantabulous librarians. We have got Fiona here today, Sadie, Liz, and Virginia. Um, We are here to talk about book one in a series, which I am very excited about. So my first question is for Virginia, because I know you are a series reader. What to you makes a good series?
3: ones that have characters that I want to spend time with over and over and over again. Like, doesn't matter what they do. I just, like, I like them so much that I want to hang out with them. So definitely for a series, I think the characters are more important to me than than what the stories are about.
2: Okay, that's fair. And Sadie, because I know you're another series person. Is there anything that really grabs you when you're reading a series or something that immediately is like, Mm. not for me?
0: Yeah, I think definitely characters similar to Virginia, Um, characters that I just want to read about in in no matter what the situation is. Also, I think a world that I really enjoy. Uh, So if the world that's created is really engaging, I will pretty much try and read anything that takes place in that world. And so if it's a series, I will read novellas that have to do with that world. I will just try to get anything that is possible and anything that is available if the world is, is created really well. Does anyone here
2: believe in like the second book slump? Has anyone ever read a series where the second book was kind of like, but you kept going through the series?
0: I am actually quite guilty of giving up on a series after the first book if it doesn't catch my attention. And so I've been trying to do better with this um, after a conversation with some colleagues about how sometimes that first book they're just getting into the groove of things they haven't quite got it yet so I, I more pay attention to the first book and how that how that does for me and then decide from there. So and Liz are you a
2: forgiving first book series reader or are you start strong or don't start at all?
4: I don't read a lot of series so If I even pick up a series, the first book, I have to already really be into it for whatever reason, like um, talking with colleagues about um, what a great book it is, or just hearing so many good things, or just knowing that it's a world that I do want to learn more about. So the few series I have started, um, I'd say 90% I've seen through.
2: Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully, Liz, you get a couple more really good series suggestion from our panel today. We are going to start with Fiona.
1: Um, I chose "Call Down the Hawk" by Maggie Stiefvater, and this is actually a follow up to another series. So the original she- series is the Raven Cycle, um, and it is a YA series about a teen from a family of psychics uh, and kind of her entanglement with Gansey. This sort of like Elite private school rich boy um, and all his friends as they search for the mystical king, uh, Glender. Glenn, I wrote it down, then I can't read it. <laughs> for a mystical king. Um, and it was like not something that I would usually get into, like, usually the idea of like psychics and oh, just like, no, 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 doesn't do it for me. But I think the thing is, I, I fell in love with this character, Ronan Lynch, who's just like this tough guy. Yeah, like, that's pretty much what he is on the surface. Um, But he just has great character development. Um, And so she made this other series called the Dreamer series, which Call Down the Hawk is the first one in, and it actually follows Ronan. So after actually ending up loving the first series, this was, like, something I just looked forward to so much. So it follows Ronan, and he is this kid from... Uh, dysfunctional Irish family, and he has inherited the ability to bring dream objects into life. And his boyfriend, uh, who Adam, who's also in the first series, uh, is uh, kind of a scholarship kid. He comes from a poor family. He spends his time fixing cars, and they have a really kind of cute oddball romance. And so he makes an appearance again in this, which I was excited to see more about their relationship. And this series also brings in lots of new characters, including Jordan Hennessy and her posse of identical girls. So I don't want to spoil it too much, but there's like, um, I don't know, like 10 Jordan Hennessy's and they're all slightly different. And Carmen Farouk Lane, who is a reluctant dreamer hunter. Um, Ronan's brother Declan also comes back into this and in the initial one Declan and Ronan are always at odds and always fighting and Declan gets a lot of much needed character development in this series. So all of these characters' uh, stories intertwine in a way that is either going to stop the apocalypse or start it. It's not entirely clear. It's super action packed, but I'm only in it for the 300% more Ronin that is in this book. Uh, It's a totally wild romp with lots of weird things happening. It's a wild teen fantasy with murder crabs and motorcycles. So if all of that randomness uh, with a lot of like built up teen angst sounds like your thing, then I think that you will enjoy it. That
2: does sound like my thing. Thank (laughs) you, Fiona. Love a good end of the world.
1: Love a good end of the world.
3: Sorry, you said murder crabs, right? Yeah. Okay, I'm in for the murder crabs.
1: (laughs) Lots of murder Uh, crab guts, too.
2: Great, great. Okay, moving swiftly along for murder crab guts, we have
0: Sadie. Well, I'm not going to talk about murder crabs, but I am going to talk about murder, I guess you could say. Um, So, my book is. Throne of Glass by Sarah J Maas, and this is the first book in the uh, same titled series, The Throne of Glass series, and it is a YA uh, fantasy series. It takes place in the kingdom of Adderland, and in this kingdom, magic is not only rare, but it's actually outlawed by the king. Uh, Adderland is the seat of power in the area, and it's ruled kind of by a not great king, uh, King Dorian Havilard I. Uh, and he has been in the seat of power since he conquered the surrounding kingdoms, including the kingdom of Tereson, about 10 years earlier. So this is all background. It does come into play. Uh, but the main story follows 18-year-old Selena Sardothian. And a year ago, Selena was one of the most infamous and feared assassins. So there is your murder. She was an assassin. Um, and she was one of the most feared assassins in the kingdom. However... During one assignment, she is betrayed and caught and arrested and sent to work in the prison salt mines in Endovir. She doesn't really have any hope of escape. She doesn't have any hope of rescue. Uh, She doesn't really have anyone left in her life who would be able to help her in that situation. So she's just sort of resigned herself to a life working, uh, hard labor working in the salt mines. However, one day, the prince of the kingdom, Dorian, Comes and approaches her with a bit of a proposition. His father is hosting a competition to find a new royal assassin. The prince wants to put Selena forward as his champion in this competition. If Selena wins, she has to serve the kingdom for four years, but then has her freedom. Since the alternative is life spent working in the mines for the rest of her life, Selena decides that she will accept this proposition and goes to live at the castle and compete in this competition. However, as the competition starts, a few weeks into the competition, her competitors start turning up dead. She's not really sure what's going on. She's a little bit worried that she might be the next victim. Uh, So she starts to investigate the deaths and try to figure out what is going on. What she learns tells her a lot more about the kingdom, a lot more about the competition, and a lot more about her past than she ever thought and that anyone could ever have guessed. I really like this book because of Selena. The character drew me in as soon as I started reading it. She is a very strong female character. She is very sarcastic, kind of snarky, which I really, really enjoy. This is one of the books that as I mentioned, I've devoured absolutely everything that takes place in this world. There's a series of novellas that take place before Selena is arrested, that kind of explain how she became an assassin and her life before that. And I've I've read every single thing that is part of this world. And I would, yeah, I recommend it. It's, um, it ends with a really big reveal at the end of the first book. And I feel like that in and of itself made me need to read the second book, Um, but lots of action lots of betrayal, lots of kind of court politics and things like that, lots of intrigue, and a little bit of magic, which I always enjoy. And she's
2: got Mm -hmm. a couple of Mm -hmm. series going, if I'm not mistaken. She does.
0: Yes, so this, um, The Throne of Glass series has now ended. It has eight books. Uh, Kingdom of Ash was the last one, and it came out 2018, I believe. So that series has been wrapped up. She also has her Court of Thorns and Roses series, um, which takes place kind of in another another universe. It is um, kind of not tied together in characters, but uh, tied together a bit in theme um, between the two series. And also I, I prefer Throne of Glass, but uh, Court of Thorns and Roses is, is not too bad either.
2: All right, so if you're looking, yeah. uh, if you're tired of waiting for George RR R. Martin to kind of wrap it all up and you're looking for yeah. a long series to invest in, mm-hmm. it feels like that one might be right up your alley. Fantastic. All right. Now we're up to the non-series reader, Liz, to see what she is going to recommend.
4: Yes. And I guess I should mention that when I say I have read some series, they have pretty much all turned out to be trilogies. Um, And the one series that I can think of that I haven't finished um, is still going right now. It's probably at about 10 books and I got turned off after the first one. So maybe I have a thing for trilogies. And speaking of which, uh, this first book in the trilogy, the Winter Night trilogy, is called The Bear and the Nightingale, and it is by Catherine Arden. And this was uh, this author's debut book. Um, So in The Bear and the Nightingale, um, we find out about Vazia, a very strong-willed, tomboyish teenage girl um, who has a special gift. Now, this historical fantasy takes place within medieval Russia. It's packed with action and adventure, and it incorporates a lot of folklore from the Russian culture. And you can really tell when you're reading this book and this series that the author has done a lot of research about this particular time period. So Vazia, she's part of a close-knit family um, unfortunately, her mother has passed uh, and she's got a stepmother that she doesn't quite get along with. So that's sort of the only um, rift within her life. But otherwise, um, she gets along well with everybody in her community as well. Now, the gift that I was referring to that Vazia has, she is able to see and communicate with mythical creatures, creatures that live all around us, according to Russian folklore, creatures that live within our homes and take care of our homes and look after us so long as we pay them reverence. But during this time in medieval Russia, Orthodox Christianity is coming into popularity. Because of that, many of the people within Vasya's community are no longer adhering to the old ways. They are no longer making offerings to these mythical creatures. And because of that, these creatures are weakening and may disappear entirely. So those protections that come with the creatures living in people's homes are weakening themselves. And that is opening the door for a great evil to creep in to society. So because of this, because of the taboo that has now come with being able to see and communicate with these creatures, Uh, Vazia has to hide her gift. However, she can see that evil is encroaching and she must do something about it. Now, where this takes her, you'll have to read the book to find out, but it does take her beyond the confines of her family and of her community and she heads over to Moscovy, which you may now know as Moscow, the capital of Russia. So I really was gripped by Vazia's story, by her as an incredibly strong character, particularly um, within her society and her her strong moral compass to do what was right, regardless of the cost. This story, The Bear and the Nightingale by Catherine Arden left me anticipating what would happen next and so with each book that came out in the trilogy I eagerly waited for the publication date and wanted to see what happened next.
2: I have only read the first in that series I think I might have the other two at home right now but it is fantastic and I think you did a really good job of uh explaining that Liz. It's kind of like a little bit like a fairy tale retelling feeling so if you're like a Naomi Novak fan it like right up your cul-de-sac. All right, next up, we have got Virginia.
3: So everybody, let's get back to murder um, because that's what we're all about today. So picking a series for a series reader, just one to talk about is impossible. Um, It is painful. But my colleagues here actually kind of helped me narrow down because I noticed that everybody was doing more of a fantasy series today. So I decided that to go with the crime thriller. So the one that I have for you today is... The Department Q series, and this is by UC Adler Olsen. And the first book is The Keeper of Lost Causes. And this book is translated from Danish by Lisa Hartford. So, Department Q is a new department that is set up within the Copenhagen homicide department and it is created mainly for political reason because there's a bunch of politicians who decided that you know what i need to get some more votes and i'm going to get that by pressuring the police to resurrect these cold cases high profile code cases that were never solved. And we need to bring the victims justice and also bring me some votes. So that's how Department Q was born. The police decided that fine, we'll do it because this new department came with a large sum of money, which they plan to use all for themselves and their other operations and just give Department Q like the bare minimum. So here we have the basement of the police building. Um, We're just going to put Department Q queue right in the unfurnished basement and we're going to give it exactly one staff, Carl Mark. Carl just actually came back from a leave. Um, He was on a case with two of other detectives and they were ambushed and one of them was killed and the other was still in the hospital and paralyzed for life. Carl blamed himself for what happened because he Things that he should have reacted faster, he should have done something, but he just, he was frozen and he was too scared to do anything. And so um, he blamed himself for all that. So he's dealing with issues, which made him um, even a less friendly person and even more grumpy and less of a people person, which he was never one to start with. And Carl was like, fine, you know, I'll just go to the basement um i will you know come to work drink some coffee put my feet up uh take a nap you know and just watch the clock ticks by and go home when it's time's up even though he was a very good detective he doesn't care anymore about anything so he sort of just lost his interest um but he didn't know that this department came with money and so he went up to his boss and he's like come on like i know what you're using the money for but at least just Give me an assistance, right? Like, give me a janitor, give me a handyman. I need someone to like help set the department up. I need them to bring all those boxes and boxes of cold cases down and all the files and everything. Just give me an assistant, right? So they gave him Azad. Azad is a. Recent immigrant from the Middle East. Um, you will not really find out about his background just yet, but you will soon. Um, and uh, he is just a—he's not a detective. He's just a handyman. Um, and so he and Carl start setting up the department. Carl doesn't really care, but Asad seems to be really interested in all these cases, and he was starting to read them. And before you know it, he started getting Carl interested. And they start looking into what they might consider their first case. And they found the case of Marit Lingard. Marit is a rising star in her political party about five years ago. And one day she was on a ferry with her brother and she jumped, allegedly jumped off the ferry and drowned herself. There was nobody found So the case was sort of still left open because of her position, like they kind of have to keep this case open and all the people that they talked to that know Marie don't know why she would drown herself, like that just doesn't seem right. Um, But there was no new leads, no new evidence for a long, long time. And so they just sort of left that case closed. And now this is going to become Department Q first case. So the book alternates between chapters with the present day which is Carl investigation and also with five years ago from the point of view of Marie um, and what happened to her so as a reader you kind of get to final things before Carl does um, and you kind of watch those two parallel and you're going to have to figure out are they going to come together is this you know are they going to figure out sort of what happened to Marie for those of you who love Scandinavian and Nordic noir this series has everything you love about those series it has it's dark it's gruesome it is brutal all the cases so I would not recommend it to most of my colleagues here it is pretty dark but I know there are some Nordic fans out there that would love love the series and I think what set this series apart is that you have this grumpy detective which is pretty typical in a Nordic crime fiction series paired up with this delightful gentleman asad and he is just so much fun to read about he is smart you know that asad knows a lot more things than he appears he is definitely more than meets the eye and he pretends that he doesn't know things and doesn't understand things but in his like very innocent comments sort of give Carl's ideas and and help him with his case Um, and I have I only read the first book so far but I know that in the later books you're going to get more people that is going to join Department Q and they are supposed to be equally delightful so all the side characters definitely made this series so I am looking forward to spend more time with them Um, so this is again the Department Q series
2: that does sound pretty good. I have to say, even I, I love a mystery series because, again, like there's something about a series that works really well with a procedural, right? Like because there's always a new case, you're always meeting new people, new characters.
3: Watching these detectives go into like interview people and try to like find out what happened um, and just like dig up like you know little like you know like try to piece together the story. It is so much fun, but it is gruesome. <laughs> Let me just warn you so
0: fun gruesome murder oh yeah yep
2: (laughs) all right which brings me to mine which is fun but not gruesome so every once in a while you find a book that you feel like is written just specifically for you um it checks all of the boxes of things that you really enjoy and for me that book and that series uh was the strange case of the alchemist's daughter by theodora goss so in my checklist of things that i love i love victorian stories love it love that setting i like uh, strong female characters and female friendships it's got that i love stories that are uh, books kind of like about books And this series does it really interestingly. It's a bit of a pastiche novel and I like books that are funny and this is that as well. So this story starts with Mary Jekyll and Mary Jekyll finds herself penniless. She has a very nice house but after her mother's tragic passing and her father's murder, um, she finds herself a woman without an income of a certain class with no real discernible skills. So she decides to do what any respectable Victorian lady would do and she decides to hunt down her father's murderer. So she knows and the police know is that the kind, gentle Dr. Hyde was murdered by his former friend, Edward Hyde. So Mary Jekyll goes on the case of Mr. Hyde, but instead of tracking him down, she finds his daughter, who is this young, spitfire, half-feral, wall-climbing, nun-stabbing child, who has been raised by this very strange order of nuns in the middle of England. And as she hunts down her, um, she also finds that her father and Edward Hyde had some connections to some other scientists, some other scientific minds of the Victorian times. So she decides to enlist the help of Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson to see if she can find out her father's former associates to see if they can give her a little clue as to where Edward Hyde might be hiding. She meets three other women who have are kind of like the product of strange experimentation, including Catherine Moreau. So, if you've ever heard of the Island of Dr. Moreau, um, Beatrice Rappuccini, which is from a short story by Nathaniel Hawthorne called Rappuccini's Daughter, and Justine Justine Frankenstein, the Bride that was made for Frankenstein, and together they join forces to try and oppose the. Uh, the mad scientists of the alchemist society and their malicious machinations. Um, this is a fantastic pastiche novel. If you're a fan of Victorian literature, which which I am, um, this is an absolute ride. Um, this series has three so far, and I think it's probably going to continue. And it keeps drawing on all these little, little clues for those of us who really, really enjoy Victorian literature. I just... It's, it's uh, as Fiona described her book, it's a romp, it's fun. What I really enjoy about the format of it is that it is um, Catherine who is writing the actual story of what happened to them. And every once in a while, you'll get her readers, which are the other characters in the book, who interrupt to give a little bit of commentary about how they're being portrayed in the story or that's not really how it happened or are you sure you want to use that word to describe that so it's this wonderful back and forth between author and reader and then you as the other readers so it's incredibly clever and it's incredibly
0: fun I've read the first one I have not read the rest of the series though I I, I quite liked the first one it's very fun it's very very fun
2: So thank you so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoyed some of these books, managed to pick them up. If you have any uh, suggestions about these particular categories or ones that you enjoyed, like the first in a series, let us know in the comments. And uh, I think we're all in the mood to take recommendations. So we will definitely pick them up and let you know what we think. All right. So from everyone here, we hope that you have a wonderful week and happy reading.
0: Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please tell a fellow book lover about it. You can find a list of all the books we discussed in our show notes. Join us next week for another fun book chat. Until then, keep it fictional!